my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are having a wonderful, wonderful day wherever you are. So in today's episode, I I planned to to actually have the next three or four episodes be throwback episodes where I pulled some of my favorite archived, archived episodes to future and then just have an intro because right now I'm preparing for our Reclaiming Me workshop, which is going to be in October. So it's going to be live. It's going to all day workshop in October. Um, sorry, all day workshop in Charlotte, North Carolina on Saturday, October 21st. And I'm going to be talking about reclaiming all of the parts of ourselves that we may feel like we have lost through disappointment, through time, through perceived failures through insecurities that have just been really hard for us to break. We're going to go deep into trauma, self-love and reclaiming those parts on that Saturday. So I'm working on the curriculum and things I'm going to be teaching on that day. And I was like, let me um, make this simple for myself and pull this time and, and just use each of the podcast episodes leading up to that to talk about some of the pillars and things that we're going to be discussing then and just pull an episode topic that relates to it. Right. And then when I said, then when I wrote it all down and decided what those pillars would be, I was like, I think I actually want to teach about it. So, (laughs) so today's episode, I'm going to be talking about one of the goals that we're going to work to achieve or set the stage for us so that when we return home in our everyday lives, we can start to embody this and we can start to make it real in our lives in in ways that maybe hasn't been real before and or feel motivation and hope when we haven't felt it in this area for a long time. And so today we're talking about safety in the body. And what does it feel like? How do you know when you actually feel safe in your body? Because, you know, so much of the things that we do to try to heal, the things that we do to build ourselves up, and even how we show up in our relationships, we're all looking, whether or not it's a conscious thought or not, we're all looking for that moment when we can exhale, when we can finally rest, that we finally feel safe, that we can finally be like, okay, I've made it. I don't have to struggle anymore. I don't have to strive anymore. I don't have to live in fear, waiting for the next shoe to drop, waiting for the next person to betray me. I don't have to worry for worry about the next bad thing that someone's going to say and overcompensate. I don't need to prove myself, whatever. However, all of this may be showing up in your life. When do I finally get to put that down? When do I finally get to come home to me? And so, In today's episode, I wanted to talk about what does it feel like 
how do you know when you actually start to feel safe in your body? How can you start to clue into this is something that you are creating and cultivating and uh, so that you can stop and celebrate yourself and not constantly be looking for when this is end, right? And learn how to feel some more security within yourself and also to give you a North Star to know, okay, this is what I'm seeking to 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 cultivate and create. This is what I'm seeking to build. This is how I know I'm I'm at a place where I am either getting close or I'm already there. So if that's you and you are wanting to know what does it look like or what can it look like for you when you are finally at a place where you're not running anymore, stay tuned. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. So... Let's talk about it. So before I get started, let me say that what I'm going to describe here may feel differently for some. There may be different metaphors that you would put into here. If you have reached places where you have felt safety, where you have felt that ability to just breathe, where you have felt like you've come home to yourself, which I think is amazing. I, I, I think it's really beautiful the way that healing can and does present differently for all of us. You know, the same themes, the same concepts, but is very personalized. What does safety feel like for me? What does beauty look like for me? What does self-esteem feel like for me? What does love and romance feel like for me? What does friendship feel like for me, right? They all have very similar pillars and things that make them safe and functional, but how it plays out and how it, how you embody it is your own. So I'm going to share some things that I've seen personally, what I've seen with other people. So it may completely align with what feels right for you, or it may um, spur something on to where I say to where you would say, okay, well, that's not exactly it for me, or this is how I would want it to be for me versus that. And then the second thing that I want to share is that what I'm about to describe is a destination, but it's a moving destination is a destination, but it's not. Uh, as you go through life and as you continue to learn about yourself and discover and heal, you're going to continue to grow. You're going to continue to peel back that layer, 
peel back that onion like we've talked about before and whatever insecurities or thoughts or fears that you may have, you may master them. You may come to a place where you have really so much clarity about what's your stuff, about what's somebody else's stuff, about what's projection, about what is a real threat, right? But that doesn't mean that you might not reach a, a deeper level or a higher level of growth and ascension where that same lesson you learn it in a different way. And so you may be triggered under the category, right? Under the umbrella, under, under the umbrella topic of whatever the original trigger was and the stuff that used to trigger you years ago can't even touch you. But now there's like another flavor of it. There's a subcategory of it that you are going to be relearning how to feel safety in. So I'm saying that because I know that there are not only people who are learning about this podcast and learning about, you know, healing and things like that, that are new every day, but I also know that there are many of us who may be very profession perfectionistic when it comes to our healing, like no matter how many times you may have heard from other people, there's still that part of you that might be even a little competitive with yourself. And like, I'm going to reach a place where I'm completely safe. Like I'm a beat what everybody else says. <laughs> and I'm going to be the one who ascends to this supernatural level where everything is, um, nothing is triggering and nothing is wrong with me. And I want to tell you that what you're seeking a better reframe may be for you to shift to understand that the safety starts with you, which is actually the first point, which I'll talk about in a moment, that it's not about reaching a, a place or a level of plateau where you are trigger free, that nothing ever gets to you. Um, but understanding that as you go through life, you will always have yourself. And as long as you have yourself, then that is where you can find your safe place. That's where you can find home. And it's really important for you to know what safety feels like in your body because most of the time, what we're seeking for, the, the experience that we're seeking for is going to feel like autopilot. And I don't think I've shared this example for a while, but a lot of times people think that autopilot works by you put in the destination, like an aircraft or something puts in the destination for where you want to go, puts in the coordinates, and then the craft goes directly there. But that's not how autopilot works. Autopilot works by they put in the coordinates of the destination, and then uh, the craft goes in the general direction of where those coordinates are. But then when it goes a little bit off to the right, you know, it dings and it realigns itself and then it starts to go left to correct. And then it goes straight into the direction of the coordinates. And then when it's going a little bit to left and it dings and then it goes right. And it kind of does a zigzag until it's going back and forth until it zeroes in to its target and it arrives at its destination. And that's what our healing journey is. Our healing journey is not this straight line where we say, okay, I am going to go towards safety. Okay, I'm going to go towards having a healthy friendship. Okay, I'm going to go towards having a healthy relationship with my body. Okay, I'm going to heal myself of my sexual trauma and be a fully sexual realized human being. Okay, I'm going to set boundaries with everybody um, and be fully clear on what my values are. Those may be the destinations, but there's, there's no straight line. Well, it looks like we're going in that direction and setting those boundaries. And then we have a conversation that we feel like we maybe under communicated what it is that we want. And so now we're realigned to go 
little bit more left next time. And then we go and we have this conversation or another conversation with someone. And now we're a little bit aggressive and we kind of uh, damaged the relationship a little bit because we didn't want to um, look weak or we didn't want to be taken advantage of. And now we have to make amends and apologize. And so we autocorrect and you are going back and forth and you're zigzagging. But what may feel like taking steps away from your purpose and what it may feel like you're you're taking steps going backwards you're not you are zeroing and I wish that you could see my hand it's making like a little snake <laughs> a little snake um uh, movement if you couldn't visualize what I was explaining before but you are moving towards you are moving towards your exact destination and so when you are at a place where you can practice some self-acceptance, some self-compassion, uh, and some, again, that verbal affirmation and celebration of the steps that you're taking to acknowledge that even in your corrections, even in you showing up and not giving up, that you are moving closer to, to your goal, right? That you are still in the game, that you are still at play. And pat yourself on the back, girl. Uh, don't let it be that the only people who ever pat you on the back are your therapist or your coach or your girlfriend or your partner or, you know, the random person on the airplane. If you're a person who shares your story with airport strangers, you know, like start to validate yourself, start to be your own cheerleader. But yes, with that said, this destination of safety, you may experience it. In, in different moments, and then you may find that you need to find what safety looks like again, or to work through the triggers of what may be coming up in this stage or in this situation. But at least you know what home feels like. And when you know what home feels like, you know what home does not feel like. So that's just as important. It's just as important to know what you want as what you don't want. But let's talk today about what you do want. Okay, so the first thing for you to look out for the first kind of metaphor ish thing that I want to share that safety what does it feel like when it resonates in your body it feels like an exhale it feels like if you've ever done exercise or meditation or breathing where they are leading you through a series of breaths and you're inhaling and you're exhaling and then they say, okay, hold it in and you hold in the air for a little bit and then they suggest for you to release it and then you release it and your shoulders come down and you settle more into your body at the same time that your body is coming into itself. Um, any heaviness that you may have had on your chest is gone. Any burning sensations that you may have, those can represent anxiety or may represent insecurity, which, you know, may be the same thing. <laughs> um, any um, heaviness like sadness or depression that may be in your chest or in your belly, the knots, all of that is gone. It feels as if you, when you are breathing um, and if you've ever had any type of respiratory infection or something like that where it's been hard for you to breathe and then you finally take your first clear breath and you're like oh wow like I can feel like you take an inhaler or something else and it's like it clears out like the gunk and it clears out the infection and it clears out all the things that have been blocking the the airways it is like that and it's like oh wow I had no idea that 
like I knew that this was here, but I didn't know that it was weighing me down so much. I didn't know that I felt so congested and I didn't know and I didn't believe that I could actually feel this and um, be fully grounded, that I could feel my feet on the floor. You know, one of the things that I when I was doing more body work with my clients or with my, my students, one of the things that I will always tell them to do or ask them to do first is, can you feel your feet on the floor? And, you know, most of the time they would tell me no. They would tell me no, even if they had their feet on the floor, that they were so much in their head or in their body or um, thinking about their emotions or caught up in their emotions that they were detached from other parts of their body. They couldn't feel their other bodily sensations. They couldn't feel their hands. They couldn't feel their neck. They couldn't feel their stomach unless their stomach was like jumping up and was in knots. But it wasn't even necessarily disassociation, but more so that they, even though, you know, there can be a flavor of it, it was more so that they were so in the habit of running, doing, thinking, what's the next solution? What's the next thing? How do I distract myself? How do I make this functional? How do I find a solution? And there was so, so much emotion that they didn't have connection to the feet that they had planted on the ground, right? And so... Even me is simply saying, hey, so can you feel your feet? Um, n- not really. Or not even asking the question and saying, do you feel your feet right now? And even some of you may have already started to notice, do I even feel my feet? <laughs> I, I forgot that I have feet. And so what do your feet feel like right now on the ground? Can you wiggle your toes? Take a deep breath and exhale. And can you feel your feet? If you're driving, if you're walking, you can even do this Do this still. Can I feel my feet? Can I feel my toes? Can I feel my ankles? What does it feel like if I'm barefoot for my toes to wiggle around? If I'm wearing shoes, how does that feel? As you continue to breathe into that and start to get planted firmly. What does it feel like when you feel safe in your body? Is that... Um, What I keep saying about coming home is that you feel content staying still. When you feel unsafe in your body, even if you're sitting still, your thoughts may be like, okay, the thoughts are, okay, what's, what's going, what's the next thing on my to-do list? Then thoughts are, I'm wasting time. The thoughts are, what's even the point of this? The thoughts are, I could be doing something else. The thoughts are, what if someone walks in and sees me like this? What if, what is someone else going to think? And it doesn't allow you to have the alternative thought, which is, this is exactly where I need to be right now. This is exactly where I want to be. Or it feels good to just sit here and be in my body, which is different than another set of anxiety thoughts, which is, oh, it feels good to hide. It feels so good to not have nobody around me right now. It feels so good to not even have to do anything right now. Um, And those thoughts may sound very similar, but in the thoughts that I'm suggesting, it's more these thoughts about, oh, this feels so good. It's coming from me sitting here is about pleasure, is about release, is about um, finding contentment in the company of myself. It looks like, 
your own slice of paradise, whether or not you're on the couch or in nature, uh, whether or not you're laying down in bed, whether or not you are sitting on a bench in an office building, that you are with you versus the other ones, the, the thoughts that come with that about, oh, I'm so happy that I don't have anybody else around me and, and oh, I'm so happy that, you know, I don't have nobody in my ear. Those emotions have tinges of annoyance, um, of fleeing, of um, agitation, of frustration, of I'm okay. Like the focus is still on other people, even though they're not there. Right. Um, I am fleeing. I'm getting away from other people versus I'm choosing to be with myself and I'm enjoying being with myself. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here, a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products to support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coast of Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coast of Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. 
Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit CostaMaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, dot com. I am having pleasure with myself versus I'm finding respite with myself away from the people who continue to um, continue to deplete me. And the thing about finding this place of home and this place of self-ownership and this place of feeling grounded is that you can bring that word paradise that I said. You can bring that paradise wherever you go. You know, I feel like that's one of the things that I may have missed in my earlier coaching work. And, you know, I still will stand by some of the outcomes that I suggest, but I think that there are many people who may have been living in a toxic family situation, uh, whether or not it's with parents who are narcissists or, um, you know, unhealthy partners or bad roommates or something like that. And a lot of my support with people would be helping them have the mindset and have build the skill set and build the belief and let go of the codependent ties to let them know that they are absolutely capable to leave that place. You know, the phrase that I've said often here on the podcast even is that it's really hard for you to heal PTSD and heal trauma when you're still living in the middle of a war zone, right? How are you going to really fully rest when you don't know where the next bomb is going to come from, right? And so if you're able to leave, to start to build a plan to leave. But I think I I missed a really big opportunity with folks to really hammer in, in the meantime, what does it look like for you to find your own paradise within? Is it possible to carve out your own island of safety, no matter what is going on around you, or maybe in spite of what's going on around you, what would it look like for you to define that on your own terms versus I'm going to take the scraps of safety that I can, depending on what they can give me, right? For you to start to claim that self-empowerment within. And that's hard. That is so hard, which I know is the reason why I have really encouraged people to leave these toxic situations as soon as possible, because, you know, as much as you finding your own island of safety is such an incredible skill, it is not even not a million, not a trillion. It is a gajillion, billion, quamillion. <laughs> I'm not good at making up, making up numbers, but it it is incredible how quick and how um, easy. It is to find your own sense of internal safety without all of the abuse and all of the neglect and all the triggers and all of the perpetration that happens when you live in those settings, right? That That is real. And if, if you are in a situation where you don't have immediate access to that, you can still find that safety within yourself, within your body, Okay. So that's the first thing about what does it feel like to feel safe in your body? The second thing that I want to share is that the safety in your body looks like the ability to move towards your emotion, towards your emotions versus away from them. Again, when you feel safe in your body, 
you move towards your emotions, you welcome them versus resent them. And that has been something that I can clearly testify that has been hard for me. It's been hard for a lot of my clients and a lot of my students um, to kind of see, is there a line? Is there a difference? Because I feel like it's now in our uh, regular vernacular now, is now in the cultural lexicon, the importance of feeling your feelings and that you deserve to feel your feelings, right? So I feel like we hear that all the time now. And the difference between feeling your feelings and ruminating and feeling your feelings and drowning in them and feeling your feelings and just kind of like resigning to the fact that this emotion is here. And so I've been told I need to feel these feelings. And so I'm going to feel them. And then I know it's going to leave. So let me just like kind of lay back and let it happen kind of thing. What is the difference between that versus when some uncomfortable emotions come And instead of me kind of like almost being powerless to that, for me to look those emotions in the eye and say, hello, hello, sadness, hello, insecurity, hello, um, anxiety, hello, fear. I see that you're here. Welcome. I, I, I know that you are here for a reason and have a seat. Let's talk. Let's talk about what it is that you're feeling. Let's talk about what it is that you need. Let me just hear you. I'm not going to try to fix you. Let me just hear you out, right? The first one, both of those, you're both making space for the emotions. You're both making space for what messages it may have to give. But the first one, again, the image that I have is really just kind of like this laying back and letting something overtake you. And, um, you know, even if you move through the feelings, you don't feel good afterwards. You you feel more violated. You don't feel as if something has been worked through versus here comes these emotions. Here comes this emotion. Hello. Welcome. Shaking his hand, holding your hand out, leading it to a chair. Hello, sadness. What do you have for me today? What can I learn from you today? Right. To have more of that peer experience. And so when you're feeling safe in your body, these emotions, you evolve and you grow into a place where you understand where you are on a peer level with them. They are not um, the big bag wolf. They're not the perpetrators. They're also not something that you need to master and conquer and beat out and and, and um, fight against. Right. But that these emotions are now companions that you're doing life with versus foes versus people or items or things that you are trying to outgrow, right? That you are doing this life together and you become familiar with them. You come become friends with them and it doesn't feel like a threat when they come around. Why? Because again, you know how to come home to yourself and actually learning how to speak with them and build a relationship with them is how you come home to yourself. So this need to kind of be on on high alert for things like what if I do this and then something happens and I get sad or it doesn't work out or these people think or say these things about me or I lose this person right you have enough experience or you have enough um, a, a, a higher mindset to where you understand that if these things were to happen um, 
you would still not only have yourself, but um, that you would figure it out. You know, this belief and understanding that it always works out, that whether or not the emotions that come on the other side of it is joy and triumph and and excitement and and fulfillment or whether or not there is some disappointment and frustration or whether or not there is some some learning that goes with it, that it all works together for your good. And that is what safety looks like. And it looks like having this um, greater understanding that everything works out for you in your favor and even the hard moments or maybe especially the hard moments. And then the last thing that I will share about uh, how safety looks in your body or may feel in your body is um, not a visualization, but more so a statement that I want to share is that or a reminder that safety, your personal safety comes from you. So I'm not talking about external threats of, of violence and of war and things like that. I'm talking about as you're walking through your everyday life and for those of us who may feel very unsafe, even when there are not outside triggers that are actively working and, and communicating to us that we are in danger, but just when you're just sitting alone by yourself and you're just feeling very restless and you don't feel safe in your body, I want to, wanted to share that a reminder that how you feel about you or where your security comes from starts with you. And that is not me discounting the things that have happened up until now that have made you feel unsafe, right? The reasons why you have to look over your shoulders, the reason why it's hard for you to relax, the reasons why it's hard for you to let people in. Those are real things that absolutely happened and most likely happened more than once, which is why this is kind of your normal state. However, that phrase that says, once you know better, we have to do better. Once you once you have information and tools that can support you, if you continue to feel sick, if you continue to not use them, then that is on you. So again, this is for those who have access to these tools and have um, have been taught them, you've been supported in them, but you are still choosing to not use them. So what what do I mean by this? So if you're at a place where you feel very unsafe all the time, even when you're not in actual physical danger, but your body remembers and you kind of, you're living kind of like in this hole, trying to, um, trying to kind of numb it out or push it back or act like it doesn't exist. You are the one who's in charge of using the tools that have been given to you. And if you don't, then you are an active participant in recreating that cycle. And that's, that's a lot of, that's a tough love thing to say, but it's the truth, right? If I am so hungry and I'm like, I really need something to eat. And in my refrigerator, I'm like, there's some bacon, there's some eggs and there's some bread. And there is, you know, some Pam to spray the pot and there's salt and pepper and everything else. And I'm just like, oh, I could go and make some food, but I just, I just, it's just so hard or I don't even want to do it right now. If I stay hungry, that's on me. No one is making me hungry. No one is taking away food, food from me. I have everything I need. I even know how to make it. 
I might even have an air fryer to just put the bacon in instead of having to go and stand over the stove. Like if I stay hungry when I have all the tools around me that I need to make the change, then the only person's fault that that is that I stay that way is my own. Yes, it's hard. Yes, I don't want to. Yes, it's inconvenient. Yes, it'd be better if I could just hire someone to come and make me be an in-home chef and make food for me. That'd be great. And that's not my reality right now. So how much do I want this food? How hungry do I want to stay? Right? Who? No one is coming to save me but myself. Right? And so we have to step out of this learned victimhood because some of us, some of us are the biggest survivors and we have gone through so much and we have learned so much. But sometimes when it comes to taking a chance and putting, taking a step out and doing something different to get our healing and to kind of change our, our normal patterns of what we've done to cope and to minimize our, our feelings and to stay inside our heads we are the biggest uh, co-conspirators. We are the ones who are co-creating this reality. We have kind of learned how to be a victim in some of these places. And these are strong words. Like I, I hope my tone of voice is balancing out these very strong words, but it's, it's the truth. And so shifting out of the hungry example, <laughs> the hungry metaphor to our safety, some of the things that we know how to do is co-regulation. So reaching out to people, being in relationships with people, letting people in. I may know that that's a skill and I may even have a whole bunch of people that I can call and let in, but it's still up to me to call them. It's still up to me to initiate telling them what's wrong. It's still up to me that when they ask me what's wrong, that I tell them the truth. It's still up to me that if they give me advice or give me support and it works on that Monday, but then I'm sad again on Tuesday or Wednesday, it's up to me to call back and not be in my head and thinking that I'm a burden and that they don't want to hear from me, right? Like, how much do I want to no longer be hungry? Um, same thing when it comes to when we look about safe, look at safety and what are things that make us feel safe? What, are we nourishing ourselves? Are we pouring into ourselves? Are we taking care of all the places that we may be feeling deprived in, which helps us feel safety? Some of us feel very unsafe, not just because of our emotional trauma and, and, and things that have happened to us, but because the impact of that emotional trauma has not just been like the insecure thoughts in our heads, but the way that it's manifest is that we literally neglect taking care of ourselves. Whether or not that neglect is physical appearance, our environment, or things that bring us happiness and joy, things that um, help us create, you know, that we're actually creating things in this world and that our only hobbies are not just working out and going to work, right? Like where are the places that we are playing in our life and not doing those things, not doing those things or resigning to, it's just so hard or I don't have time or I gotta, I gotta go and find a place. I gotta find a group. I gotta leave the house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you do. How hungry are you? How hungry are you? And maybe you're not that hungry. Maybe you're at a place where you can just lay in bed and not eat for a while. I do that. <laughs> I absolutely do that. That example is a very real example. <laughs> that may or may not have happened very recently, right? And so 
but even with that, y'all, even with that, since I'm going to say that that's an example, um, the other example that is also very recent is me knowing that I just need to do it. And so instead of letting hours get away and like lamenting in my head and like, do I, I don't want to order food anymore. And I don't even want to go and do this for me to just go and do it. And y'all, I made that food so quick. I made that food in like two or three minutes. And then I got to rest and get on my phone and, you know, take a break and actually relax instead of like laying there, um, grumbling about how I had to cook when I could have ate by then. Right. So the point being giving, teaching yourself the habit of just executing versus, um, not versus the procrastination versus the rehearsing in your head, why everything that you want to do is not going to work or why it's not the right time or why you don't really have the ads, um, the assets for it or whatever else, but just doing it and doing it imperfectly and doing it, um, just fully as to your best of your ability and letting that be the change. So, um, these are just some examples of how safety feels in your body as you continue to grow and evolve and change. Again, these may fit for many of you. These may not. These may be the first time that you have heard even this concept and that you can feel actually safe in your body and that you don't have to live the rest of your life doing 24 seven damage control on everything that's going on and never truly being able to rest that that is fully possible for you. We're going to be talking more about how this looks, um, creating this, cultivating it at the reclaiming me workshop. There are virtual tickets available for those who cannot travel. So this is your chance to go and join us. You get a full replay. Those of you who attend live and those of you who do not so that you can continue to use the concepts and things that we teach, um, that I'm going to teach during that day out outside in everyday life. So you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash reclaim. Again, it's blackgirlsheal.org slash reclaim uh, recovery school students. So remember that you have a discount to that workshop as well. And you can check that out on our alumni page um, or, or email us if you need access to that code. But that's it. All right. I'm sending you all so much love and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.